Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How's it going, everyone? And welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. Joining me, as always, back in California, no longer in Hackensack. Minnesota, Let's go! Is my co-host Josh Schaefer. I, I pre-practiced that, Josh. I kept having wow. to tell myself where you were. So, welcome back to California. Uh, we've you. missed you. How was uh, being in Minnesota? It felt like you were there for like two or three weeks. I don't know how long you were there, but it I actually felt like you were like, gone for a while. I was only there for like ten days, which I guess is a pretty long stay, like up on, up on a lake in northern Minnesota. But um, right, yeah. I mean, we were there for like ten days, so so that was fun. Um, didn't get to watch as much of the Dodgers going into the all-star break as I would have liked. I followed obviously the last couple of games and kind of actually the night we, the night we landed, um, we were staying at somebody's house in Minneapolis before going up to the lake house the next day. I literally sat there and watched the Dodgers angels game on my phone for like three hours until the wee hours of the morning. (laughs) So, um, so I did that. And then obviously it was the all-star break. So that was nice. So I didn't really miss much. Um, but yeah, I mean, the team's playing really well right now, now that we're uh, back in California and the all-star break has gone by. Um, obviously they had uh, tied the, they're taking over the lead in the division against the D-backs uh, just on the, on the win percentage. Um, but now coming out of the all-star break, the team has been on an absolute tear. Yeah. I mean, it's been a lot. I mean, thinking back, I guess, yeah, our, our last episode is right before the all-star break. As I told Josh, right before we started this, I was down for the count for the last like 10 days with COVID. So I'm finally able to speak and I'm finally able to get through talking to someone without just sweating and just being miserable. So Josh, there is a lot to catch up on. There was even a trade that went down yesterday. But before we talk about everything that's happened with the Dodgers the last couple of weeks, make sure you guys follow us on social media, whatever app you guys use. We are on X. Josh, are we officially on X or is it still Twitter? I we're don't still know on what Twitter. exactly I- it is. But I've got there. absolutely no idea what's going on with with Elon these days. Um, no. It goes from Twitter is dead, it will be X. And now the app for me still has the bird. The website does not. It has the X, but it still says Twitter. So I don't know where the X exactly comes from. Now, yeah. I'm not the biggest, you know, Elon Musk-like research guy, so 
mostly because I don't really care. Um, but it doesn't matter if you change the name; it will always be Twitter. So yeah, I don't see agreed. a reason why anything will be changing. But sure, you know we're on Twitter slash X. Yeah, we're we're there. So find us there at Inside the Ravine. We're also on Instagram. We're on TikTok, and you can find our full shows over on YouTube. Just search Inside the Ravine. And you guys can also listen to the show on Spotify, on Apple, and of course on the Odyssey app. So Josh. Let's just get right into this because the Dodgers made a trade yesterday, and this was one that kind of had some momentum going back the previous few days. I think there was an article in The Athletic the other day that said the Dodgers were potentially interested in this player, but I didn't read too much into it because it was a move that I think really the Dodgers didn't need to make. And then yesterday, there were some rumors that were swirling that this player wasn't in the lineup. This player was being told that he's on the move. Uh, Dave Vasse was making a report saying the Dodgers are really in on this player. But I still was like, yeah, maybe they're just saying that because of the history. But literally, you know, a few minutes go by and we get the pass and drop. We get the Rosenthal drop. And that's that the Dodgers have acquired Kike Hernandez from the Boston Red Sox. Old friend Kike Hernandez. He's back. The Dodgers send two minor league pitchers in the deal. One of them was Nick Robertson, who was on the 40-man roster. I think he appeared in 10 innings for the Dodgers this year. So for the most part, not really a haul that the Dodgers are going to be missing. It did clear up a spot on the 40-man roster, so Kike slides right in. At the time of this recording, Josh, we are recording about 45 minutes before Wednesday's game. Kike is in the lineup. He's at second base. He's rocking number eight now. So Kike is officially back, Josh. I did not think that this would be a reunion that we'd be seeing. So what were your thoughts initially when you got the report that uh, Kike was going to be back in Dodger blue? Um, sounds good to me. Um, you know, obviously he was a, a fan favorite, a, a big clubhouse guy, um, fun to have around. He fits in with the new, the new celebration. Um, he, I've never seen him do it, but I'll tell you right now he fits. Um, as we're recording this, uh, the Dodgers have just activated Kike Hernandez. Um, and at the same time, they've placed Johnny DeLuca on the IL. So I think, to be completely honest with you, this trade comes at the absolute perfect time for the Dodgers. Because last night at the game, um, or in the game against the Blue Jays, Johnny DeLuca um, pulled his right hamstring um, running down to first base. I was at the game. I noticed it immediately that he kind of pulled up weird. Um, and then sure enough, I thought, Hey, that was a little weird as he was running down to first. And then after the play, he kind of reached down and touched his right leg. And I was like, yeah, that's not good. Um, so it does kind of happen. I mean, which is obviously that's unfortunate, but it happens at the right time because you get a guy, um, that can totally fill in at least defensively in that exact same role in that same situation. Now, um, I think that's big for the Dodgers. Obviously, he's a fan favorite. He's been around for a while. We know what he can do against lefty pitchers. Um, so that's exciting for the Dodgers. I'm sure they would, they're, they're happy about having him back. Um, so how much are we actually going to see of Kike Hernandez um, with, uh, with the team? And, how, and I, going into this week, I, I would say I don't really know. But after last night's game, I would say we're going to see him quite a bit, especially early. Um, and I, I think it's just a depth piece for the Dodgers at this point. Yeah, I mean, first off, the craziest thing is the other night, what today's Wednesday, so it was Monday night, my girlfriend and I were watching the game, and she's not really that into it because she's been saying, yeah, the Dodgers, they've had so much roster turnaround these last couple of years. You know, when you go back to like the 2019, the 2020 team, like they were all those fan favorites, those guys you kind of had a personal connection to. And personally, she had her, you know, ranking of 
the hottest Dodgers that were on the team. And Kike was always her number one. He was her favorite. And over the last couple of years, she's lost guys like Joe Kelly, you know, Cody Bellinger, guys that, you know, she had a little extra, you know, personal attachment to. And the other night she's saying, yeah, this Dodgers team, they just don't have any hot guys this year. So I'm not as invested in them as I've been in years past. And I said, hey, maybe they'll bring Kike back, just spitballing, just to try to, you know, get her back. And yesterday I get the notification. I walk up to the room. She's doing, you know, she's on the clock working. And I say, take a guess as to who the Dodgers just traded for. And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, Kike is back. And she was like in disbelief. She was stunned. She couldn't believe it. So I, she's probably the most excited for this move. But yeah, Josh, like you said, with Johnny Toluca going on the IL, the Dodgers, they kind of need an extra guy to step up. And with Kike, he can step up wherever you need him. You can put him in left field, put him in center field, put him in right field, put him anywhere in the infield. I think the only position he's actually never played in his big league career is catcher. So again, at you this can point, throw him at anywhere. this point, if Kike wants to be the backup catcher, I say by all, I'll means. take it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take I, it. I, let him catch. Yeah, let let Kike catch. I think I think that was a slogan a few years back. So defensively, you know what you're getting. Offensively, his numbers are pretty bad this year. Now I know he hasn't been quite up to what he was doing when he was with the Dodgers. But Josh, I took a quick glance at his numbers after this trade, and I know a lot of people like to bash on Austin Barnes for being the worst hitter in all of baseball. Well, if Austin Barnes is the worst, Kike might actually be the second worst in all of baseball, and I believe. As of right now, he has the worst war in all of baseball. Currently, according to Fangraphs, minus 1.4. He's hitting 222. His WRC plus is 60, which is a career low. I think that's right on par with what Miguel Rojas has been. And defensively, I think Kike actually has been like the worst defender in all of baseball. Leads the majors in errors. Uh, looking at his baseball savant page, Josh, this is... Uh, the opposite of what you'd like uh, when it comes to percentiles 100 being you're the best in the league one being you're the worst well Kike is first percentile in expected batting average expected slugging percentage expected weighted on base average and defensively his outs above average is first percentile as well so I know a lot of people are kind of excited that the Dodgers are getting Kike back but this isn't the Kike that we've seen in years past he's like I said been kind of one of the worst players in all of baseball with that being said, a change of scenery could completely flip the script and the Dodgers could easily turn, you know, the second worst player in baseball into what he was just a couple of years ago when he was with the Dodgers, Josh. Yeah, I mean, that can certainly help. I, I think the biggest thing about this trade is to keep in mind that the Dodgers are getting um, a depth piece. Like, that's what this is. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, for the most part hits lefties pretty well. Um, so, and, and has, uh, you know, throughout his career, um, this year he's taken significantly fewer ABs against lefty pitchers. Um, but he's hitting above 260, only one home run and seven RBIs against lefties. I think that is both a combination of not really having a great year offensively, but also facing significantly fewer lefty pitchers than he does righties. Um, but you know, he has been pretty good against lefties. Um, you know, uh, you know, as of late and over the course of the past few years, but you're right. It's not the same guy that the Dodgers are getting um, at face value. You look and you see the Dodgers traded a minor leaguer and Nick Robertson who logged three innings for the Dodgers this season or something like that for an everyday player, a starter for the Boston Red Sox. That's what it looks like at face value, but you dig, you know, a little bit deeper and you realize, yes, 
he's a starter who's played all these games, you know, for the Red Sox. He's played in what 80 games for, for Boston this season, 86 games, but the numbers aren't great. He's hitting 222. His OPS is below 600. You know, for the Dodgers, this is not a guy that's going to be an everyday player. And I think Dodgers fans need to be okay with that based off of where the team's at right now. You're still probably going to see Mookie playing second base. You're, you're still probably going to see, you know, when Johnny DeLuca's around again, he's probably higher on the pecking order than Kike at this point. Right now, for me, it looks like Yanni Hernandez is not going back to Oklahoma City just yet. It seemed like he was probably last night could be his last game with the team for a little while, but obviously the injury to DeLuca means you keep Yanni Hernandez on and then you add Kike Hernandez as well. Um, so now that's kind of the role that I think that Kike is going to be with the Dodgers this year. It's maybe even he's still going to be a utility guy like he was before, but maybe in a lesser role. And you know what? If that's the case and a change of scenery to get a fan favorite and somebody that you know that you can rely on from time to time who you can slot in without any real question marks, not having a good year, but you still feel good about putting him into the lineup or at least putting him out defensively, platooning him somewhere. Ultimately, like that makes me feel pretty good about it. So so I like the deal. You didn't give up very much and, and it's a depth piece piece before the deadline comes and goes. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they gave up two minor leaguers. That's nothing. The Red Sox are paying pretty much, I think, like 75% of his salary. I think the Dodgers are on the books for like $1 million. So you're getting him for essentially nothing. And yeah, the, the reason, although his numbers have been horrible, the reason I'm optimistic is because essentially he's replacing Yoni Hernandez once, you know, they make another move. They call someone up from the minors or something. So if you're replacing Yoni Hernandez, you can only really go up from there. And yeah, th there is the chance that he can retap into what he did a couple of years ago. I think Dave said yesterday, the hitting coaches have already found something that they're, you know, wanting to work with and kind of fix. So I think it's going to be great. Obviously, he's probably going to be in the lineup against lefties. He, I don't think he's going to be like an everyday kind of guy like he was with the Dodgers. But for essentially nothing, you're just doing a flyer. I think it's a great move. And what I love so much, Josh, and this is something we talked about during the offseason, we talked about it at the end of the playoffs, last year's Dodgers team had no energy. They had, I'm sure they had chemistry, I'm sure they were all friends in the clubhouse, but there was nothing. We haven't talked about it, but this new dance that they're doing whenever they hit a double, whenever they hit a home run, this is what we were saying that this team needed last year. They needed some sort of spark that they didn't have. And I'm not going to say it's a coincidence, but ever since they started this whole trend, They've been winning a whole lot of games. They had that road trip, you know, that nine-game road trip out of the All-Star break. I think they win six and three. They're one and one, I think, against the Blue Jays so far. So I'm just saying, coincidence that they're like seven and four, you know, after the second half once they've started this. And now you had Kike to the mix, who, as we saw in 2020, he's probably one of the biggest personalities in all of baseball. You had him, you had his fire to this team. I think it's going to make them that much better. I think it's going to make the Dodgers a really, really big threat in October. So overall... Again, uh, not not a game-changing move. I'm sure the Dodgers are going to be making more trades, something we're going to talk about you know, after this break. But I like the move. I like bringing Kike back. And who knows, Josh? I, I wouldn't be shocked if come October, he has a couple of big hits. He has a couple of big defensive plays in the postseason. It turns out he ends up being yet another postseason hero for the Dodgers like he did a couple years ago. So those are my quick thoughts. But what would you, just before we again switch on, what would you just overall grade you think this move uh, again, before he even suits up for the Dodgers. I mean, 
I'd say it's a B. And the reason why I'm going to go that way is because you're giving up two guys that were not going to compete for the team moving forward. Kike Hernandez is a guy that can do that. Um, and it's somebody that I think you, even though the numbers aren't really there, I feel like you can trust. So, and I mean, you, you already talked about, you know, how bad some of the stats are. Here's a few more that don't really matter a whole lot, but it kind of just puts into perspective where he's kind of at right now. His um, barrel percentage this season is a career low. His exit velo off the bat this season is a career low. Um, his sweet spot percentage somehow is the second worst of his career. Like hard hit percentage, worst of his career. Like he hasn't had a great year, but sometimes the change of scenery around the deadline, coming back into you know a good environment where he's had success before, where he's been before, who knows, man? Sometimes, sometimes those things can change things up. So you're not giving up a whole lot. You're bringing in somebody that you're familiar with that despite the numbers you feel like you can trust, I'm giving it a B. Yeah, I think a B is fair, just because, again, it's such a low-risk kind of move, despite him being horrible. You give up nothing, you're not expecting him to be a starter, he's going to be a bench piece. So, yeah, I, I think a B is more than fair. So, Kike's back, he's rocking number 8 because they retired number 14 since he left. Uh, apparently, his options were 8 and 10, and he didn't want to wear number 10 because uh, that was Justin Turner's number. Josh, I don't know if you saw this because this actually just kind of dropped about 30 or 40 minutes ago. Did you hear the whole thing that Kike said about uh, when he found out he was traded and how uh, when he went over to Justin Turner, uh, it's when I think he was in the shower and he said like it was something about how, yeah, so my goodbye to Justin Turner was when one of us was naked. Oh, lovely. So the most Kike reply already that we've gotten. Did they hug? <laughs> oh, they hugged. They hugged. And we'll just leave it at that. So Kike is officially back. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the latest Dodgers rumors ahead of the trade deadline. And one player that was mentioned to the Dodgers today that uh, is a little interesting, to say the least. So we're going to take a quick break. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Josh, we are back. We're going to end the show talking about the latest rumors surrounding the trade deadline. We could talk about some big names and all that kind of stuff. But before we do, there was a report earlier today that the Dodgers were linked to a certain pitcher, a certain pitcher on the Chicago White Sox. And it might not be the one that a lot of people were expecting. Now, three or four or five years ago, I think Dodgers fans would have been on board with this because I know they were linked to him then. But that is Lance Lynn of the Chicago White Sox, where, again, he's been an all-star in the past. He's been really good in recent years. But Josh, uh, as of mm. right now, Lance Lynn has an ERA above six. So I don't know if they're wanting to form this uh, super rotation of ERAs above six with him, Noah Syndergaard, Michael Grove. 
But Lance Lynn is an interesting name that uh, is being thrown around. Again, the Dodgers have had interest in years prior. So what do you make of this move for uh, one of the worst starters in all of baseball this year? Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely interesting. You know, he's 618 ERA. Um, his whip is at 1.4. That's the highest in uh, for him uh, since the 2018 season um, and the second highest of his career. Uh, he's already given up more home runs this season than in any other season he's had. Um, he's given up uh, – he, he's on pace to give up more earned runs than any other season in his career. His, his career high of earned runs allowed is 89. He's already at 79. Um, in uh, significantly fewer innings pitched, um, which is 115 right now. Um, so, um, you know, I, I'm definitely, again, it could be a change of scenery, um, but but I'm a little surprised. And, you know, when going into the All-Star break, we had that conversation about, like, who might be on the Dodgers' radar. Um, and Lance Lynn was not a guy that I had even expected. And we talked about multiple people, both, you know, on the podcast and not on the podcast, on the White Sox that we thought might be in, you know, conversations with the Dodgers. And um, Lance Lynn was not one of them. Um, what we do know so far, um, according to John Morosi, who tweeted this um, a couple hours ago, he said the Dodgers remain involved in Lance Lynn, uh, Lance Lynn trade conversations with the White Sox. Um, but the Dodgers are one of the teams which Lynn can block a trade to. Um, but apparently he's willing to waive his no trade protection in order to facilitate a deal with the Dodgers. So it seems like he's a player that might be interested in coming to LA um, if the deal is there. Um, but again, you know, I'm interested to see kind of what the, what the thought process is here. For me, it sounds like the Dodgers are trying to add a piece without giving up very much because they just did that with Kike. So now with Lance Lynn in the conversation, that kind of changes what my opinions are about what the Dodgers might do with the deadline. Yeah, so again, when you look at it first firsthand, the fact that he has an area above six, like you said, he's allowed the most homers in baseball this year. He's already on pace to allow the most earned runs of his career, and it's been it's been bad. So that aside, we'll try to find the positives in this, Josh. I guess one positive is the fact that he's averaging 11 strikeouts per nine innings, and that's the highest rate of his career. So the dude is, you know, striking out guys better than at any point in his, you know, lengthy career. So I guess that's one positive. Another positive is the fact that he is a free agent at the end of the offseason, and the fact that he's been so bad. His price tag must be absolutely nothing. I mean, you could probably get him for not even a top 30 prospect. You could probably just throw a minor league pitcher or two in, and you could probably get him. Maybe the Dodgers think that they can fix something because, again, it's his home run rate. If he's able to get his home run rate down, his number is going to be significantly better. Here's my stance on the whole Lance Lynn thing. I wouldn't mind it if he's the second starter they get at the deadline. If the Dodgers go out and they acquire a Jack Flaherty, a Jordan Montgomery, a Marcus Stroman, if they go out and they acquire one of those top guys and Lance Lynn is the other guy they bring in to be their number five starter, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it because at least with Lance Lynn, and it's the one thing I'll give Noah Syndergaard, is the fact that at least when Noah Syndergaard pitched, he would give the Dodgers length, he would give them five, six innings consistently, and with Lance Lynn, he gives length consistently. I think more than half of his starts, he's gone at least six innings, and you know, the Dodgers, with their offense, they can afford a guy going six innings and allowing four runs, so for Lance Lynn, again, the price is going to be nothing, 
But if he's their only guy that they acquire for the starting rotation, then I then I have a problem with it, Josh, because he's clearly not the answer. But like I said, if he's the second, maybe even if he's the third guy you get, maybe they also acquire Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn's just thrown in a package. Maybe they acquire a couple guys from the Cardinals. If he's the second or third option, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think it's fine. But yeah, if this is their, their number one target, you know, uh, Andrew Friedman's going to have to answer. But in Friedman, we trust. But I definitely think this is a little bit interesting considering the Dodgers just acquired like the second worst hitter in all of baseball. If they were to acquire the worst starter... That would be an interesting trade deadline <laughs> to say for the Dodgers by adding those two guys. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and you know, we, we talked at length about Lucas Giolito on the last podcast, which is something that I thought would we, we could potentially see. It's a move that I would absolutely be interested in seeing the Dodgers do. Um, so that, I understand that his price tag would be a little bit higher, though. Um, and a guy like Lance Lynn, I mean, you're right. If you get the home run rate down, you're looking a little bit better. Um, and again, if you can get him for next to nothing, um, if you can work out some sort of deal that's similar to the Kike Hernandez deal, um, then I say, why not go for it? Um, but, but again, that is changing the way that I am expecting the Dodgers to approach the trade deadline. Cause like you said, you just traded for Kike Hernandez. Who's having the worst season of his career. You gave up almost nothing, but at the same time, you're adding a depth piece in somebody who you think you can trust moving forward. At the same time, if you go after Lance Lynn and you can orchestrate some sort of similar deal, okay, you bring in a guy whose ERA is above six. He's having one of the worst seasons of his career. He's giving up too many home runs, the most in baseball. But at the same time, you still kind of think that you can rely on him at least to an extent going forward then I think that's what the Dodgers do. They're not going to make a big money splash. They're going to try to retain all their top prospects and they're going to offer up a couple of deals and bring in a couple of guys on these minor deals that work for the team going forward that are potentially a very, you know, low risk, high reward kind of situation. So um, that's how I see, you know, if the Dodgers do continue these talks with Lance Lynn, I could very easily see, them continue this way at the deadline and not make any really big money moves. And I, and for me, that that rules out the guys like Lucas Giolito. That rules out the, the Arenado conversation we had um, a little while back. And if that's the case, with for, for a couple of players that are probably not going to be around very long or free agents at the end of the year, then again, that just continues to bolster the claim that the Dodgers are really trying to make some uh, team-friendly deals that could pay off this year but are probably not going to be around next year. And it's the same conversation we had about Cindergard at the beginning of the season, Peralta, J.D. Martinez. That just, for whatever reason, which we can discuss at length at another show, that show um, – did you like that? Did you get that? No? I did. You got no, it? I, okay, cool. I did. Okay. Sorry, I was muted, but okay, I, I appreciate it. No, 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 it. it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but – Again, like if those are the moves that the Dodgers are doing, it's kind of been a trend this year. And right now, so far, things have worked out with some of the other deals. And now we're seeing the Dodgers kind of add a few more if, of course, they continue to go this route. Yeah, I mean, again, just to sum it up, Lance Lynn, it would be such a low, low risk, high reward kind of move. The fact that he is striking out guys, that's encouraging. If the Dodgers can just get that home run rate down just slightly, I think it'll be a lot better. So... One one quick final one I want to touch up on, Josh, just because that's the only real rumor that the Dodgers have been attached to, you know, outside of kind of like the basic guys we've seen in recent weeks. 
when we recorded our last episode, I did my hypothetical scenario where I was really going out there, I was reaching, and that was in regards to a Nolan Arenado trade. Well, there might be some steam to this because the train might be, you know, on the move. David Vasse yesterday, apparently when he was on Dodger Doc, said that the Dodgers have, I think, reached out to the Cardinals in regards to Nolan Arenado. And there was an, a report yesterday or two days ago at ESPN from Alden Gonzalez that I thought was definitely a little interesting. Josh, I'm going to read a snippet for you just in case you didn't catch this the other day. But he said, one name to watch here is Nolan Arenado. He's owed a very reasonable $94 million over the next three years. The Dodgers have long been enamored of Arenado, and they see third base as a need they'll have to address in the offseason given their present construction. The Cardinals aren't expected to trade Arenado at the moment, but the Dodgers have the type of young talent, particularly pitching, to sway teams in a situation like this. Nolan Arenado has a full no-trade clause, but he grew up in Southern California, and the expectation is that he would waive it for the Dodgers. So again, there's still a chance that he stands pat, but there's definitely a lot more buzz to this than there was a couple weeks ago when I was putting this whole, again, hypothetical together, so... If you're the Cardinals, I said this the last time, you might want to get younger, you might want to get off that contract, save $100 million. They want young pitching, the Dodgers have plenty of young pitching to offer in return. So, Josh, I know that Nolan Arenado isn't necessarily a need at the moment, but do you think the Dodgers should potentially be aggressive and try to package him along with, I'm sure, like a, a starting pitcher, but do you think the Dodgers should try to bring Nolan Arenado to the Dodgers and, you know, make their lineup that much better? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a conversation that they should have. I mean, you look at the guys who are not under contract for, for next season or, you know, are going to be um, free agents next season. Um, and, and, you know, I don't want to speculate about a guy's future with the team, especially while they're currently there and also tearing the cover off the baseball. But a guy like J.D. Martinez was signed to a one-year $10 million deal and is pretty much just playing as the designated hitter. So that's a guy that I don't know if he's going to be around next year. My, 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 my thought process is probably not. Um, so uh, again, if he's just been batting as the DH, you know, for some of these other openings in the lineup, um, then maybe guys shift around. Maybe somebody else bats as the DH, you know, next season, if you're already looking ahead, maybe Muncie plays a little bit less at third base, uh, and a little bit less at second base where he's, you know, really not really played a whole lot. But if he's, if he's not playing third base as much, Arenado can slot in if you make that deal. And now Muncy's batting almost exclusively as the designated hitter. Like these are moves that the Dodgers can plan for in the future based off of some guys who are likely not going to be under contract. And um, a player like Arenado, who's, you know, uh, who's been an all-star for three straight seasons and in, eight of the last nine seasons, he's been that good. Um, and of course is a Southern California guy who I'm sure a lot of Dodger fans would like to see in blue. So, um, you know, if you can make the right package that includes, you know, maybe some prospects, um, a couple of pitchers that seem to be an enticing option for a team like the Cardinals who are expected to be sellers at the deadline, they've already said that they're going to be sellers at the deadline. Um, that is a move that I think the Dodgers would be inclined to do. They'd have to give up a little bit, but also it's not really a rental. It's somebody who's going to be around for a couple of years. And another thing about that is that's what's also a little bit scary for the Dodgers, I think, because, you know, right now 
you've got a pretty big lead on on the Padres, but the Giants are around, and we've seen conversation or we've seen trade deadlines in recent years where the Dodgers are in the mix for one player, but so are the Giants, and so are the Padres, and it's like, all right, you know, if you go after this guy, it might be a one year rental, but is that the push? Is that going to catapult you over somebody else in your division? And right now for the Dodgers. I feel like if you have an opportunity to go after Arenado on a multi who's still got a few years left on his contract, that's going to bolster your lineup this year and be a part of your future plans. Maybe that's a move you make, not just for your own future, but kind of pull a move that the Padres do where you throw prospects at somebody to prevent the Dodgers from getting them. We've seen them do that multiple times. So maybe that's something they consider doing because of the prospect of having him around for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's under contract through 2028, so it's not like a Shohei, you throw your prospects, and he leaves in the offseason. You have him for four more years, and it still allows you to go after Shohei in the offseason because, yeah, Max Muncy, I think next year has a club option. It's for only $10 million, I think, so that's very affordable, but outside of him, the Dodgers don't have an option at third base for the future because they see Miguel Vargas as their second baseman of the future, maybe Michael Bush as well, but... There's not really an option at third base, and like you said, Josh, Arenado is still playing at an all-star caliber level. He was, I think, the starting third baseman in the all-star game this year. And the thing with Arenado, his contract, it's a very complicated one, I will say. He's owed $35 million next year, $32 million the year after that, and then it goes down to $27 million and $15 million. But when you dive into it, the Rockies are paying $4 million per year, I think through 2027. So that's $4 million you take off. And since he didn't opt out of his contract last year, he's getting $20 million uh, deferred through the next couple of years. So I think it ends up being like $5 million a year that's deferred. So essentially you take $9 million off of each year. And again, the Dodgers can afford it. So yeah, it's not a need for them. I don't think they have to make a move, but it would make their lineup that much better. And again, it pretty much locks up third base for at least the next four years. And you move Max Muncy over to second base. And uh, the lineup's that much better. But I think, again, bigger picture, it gets some starting pitching. But if they make a deal for Jordan Montgomery and Nolan Arenado, I think that would be fantastic. But we'll leave it at that, Josh. I think that's a, f- a good final tease. Uh, before we leave for the weekend, any uh, parting parting words, thoughts about the last couple of weeks or the upcoming trade deadline? Hey, well, I mean, the trade deadline will be interesting. Again, I feel like the Dodgers either <laughs> go for it or really just sit back and 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 let things play out with some of these smaller right. deals. But, you know, we talked about it was going to be a little bit of a gauntlet for the Dodgers coming back in, and they're not totally out of it yet. But it's never easy going to New York, it seems. And they beat up on the Mets for two or three. They beat up on the Orioles, who would be a first-place team in any other division. Beat up on the Rangers, a first-place team. So far, they've taken one of two from the Blue Jays, who would be a first-place team in any other division. So right now, I mean, like, after the All-Star break, the team is absolutely surging. Um They've still got some games left on this homestand against the Reds. And then you've got a little bit easier with the A's and then eventually the Padres come or going on the road for four against the Padres at the beginning of next month. So um, it's certainly going to be interesting. Um, These games are going to start flying by and the deadline's going to be here. uh, What next week? So, you know, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, I think next Tuesday, I want to say is the deadline. So six days. Yeah, all of a sudden, Dodgers are four games in first place now. They're going to finish the season like 12 games in first, and we're just going to look back and say, man, throw back to April when we were saying this team is awful and the sky is falling. So give this team some time. Uh, Josh, one final thing as well. Did you partake in the celebration last night when you were at the game? Did you uh, do the wave or whatever the... 
I call it the inflatable man. First of all, man. I never do the wave. I never do the That's wave. That's an issue. I would, I guess, I guess call this the Freddy. Um, yeah. I did not do it. I, I was prepared. I, I had thought about it. And then I saw a few people doing it that I thought they weren't doing it very well. And then I was afraid to also look like that. Um, there were a lot of people doing it well. You got to get the hips into it. You got to like, there were gotta two thrust guys those in hips. front of me that just didn't do it well. And I was self-conscious about potentially looking yeah. the same way. Yeah. You were, you were worried about a video surfacing on Twitter of random Dodgers fans spotted doing this new celebration horribly. Hey, it happens. Which it turns out that there were like three or four other people that I knew at that game who I didn't realize were there until I bumped into one of them. Uh, another one texted me, and then I was scrolling Instagram stories and saw another. So what if somebody caught me doing it and yeah. I was doing it poorly? If I'm doing done. it well. Put it everywhere. Put it everywhere. Yeah. If I'm doing it well. If I'm not doing it well, that's yeah, that's man. scary. It's all in the hips, yeah. all in the hips, but make sure you guys find the show on whatever social media app you guys use. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Inside the Ravine. You guys can also listen to the episodes on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, and Odyssey, of course, as we're brought to you by Odyssey Sports. For Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future, and as always, enjoy the rest of your week, wherever you may be. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus